Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker. We also have Alex, and we watched uh, a lot, but we don't have a specific subject, so this episode will be titled Bring It All Together. Uh, there's a lot of leftovers here for the new year, and uh, before we get into those, Parker, do you have any news? I wanted to start 2019 off right. I wanted so badly to turn my life around. I open Chrome on my phone, and before I can hit incognito mode, I see a headline. <laughs> How Aquaman impacts the chances for a Justice League Snyder cut. And you know what, guys? <laughs> it's never going to get better. Nothing's ever going to change. We're all going to boil alive on this fucking planet. That actually, Give up. You know, that actually might not be that bad. I've been having a lot of insomnia lately. And, uh... <laughs> you know when it comes out, we're going to have to do an episode on it. And when I say oh. we, I mean one of us is going to be assigned it. That's fine. I assigned it to myself. It's my birthright. <laughs> That's it. Everything's terrible. You can unite our worlds, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't watch very much. Neither did Alex. But Parker, you've been you've been up the mountain. Tell us what you've seen. All right, we'll start with something Alex called Unlimited Blade Arts. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. Just, I really am. Let me just scroll to the 21-foot no, rule section of my watch list here. So these are all movies that had different bladed weapons in the title that my friend Chris assigned me. <laughs> so first of all, like two weeks ago, I watched So I Married an Axe Murderer. It's not very funny, as it turns out. Uh, sorry, Rachel Cannon, if you're listening. Because I've watched... I mean, I've said many times that, like, Wayne's World and Austin Powers, to this day, I could just quote from start to finish. They were huge in my family forever. And I've never seen this. And, man, it is so weird seeing Mike Myers just be Mike Myers in a movie. There's no, I mean. So Cat yeah, in the Hat doesn't costume. count? No. <laughs> no, that's fucking actually doesn't. him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just a dude trying to date a girl. And it's so weird. Like, where's, like, the. Where's the fat suit? Why isn't he doing 18 voices? It's just, it, it just didn't make me laugh at all. I can't, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about the idea of watching Cat in the Hat next to Alex. He's just elbowing you in the ribs and just being like, look, that's actually Mike Myers. That's not really the Cat in the Hat. That, that's chappy to me with fucking Cat in the Hat? Because I don't want it. <laughs> Once was plenty. Yo, yo, Chris, you think that's the real Cat in the Hat? <laughs> That's human hair. It's fine. We're gonna. This year's gonna be better. This yeah, year's going to be better. Yeah, we're a you know, strong start. Here we go. Okay, I can fire through most of these. Mm-hmm. Sword in the Stone. Uh, I like the last fifteen minutes of it. Yeah, that's really the best part. It's not very good. Yeah. Other than that, I did not like most of the songs and every scene. Like every scene with all the animals, I would I would try. I would try really hard to pay attention. And like a minute <laughs> later, my eyes are just wandered to anything else. Like. 
I watched this on Sunday, like during the early games. All the football games were dog shit until the Browns game. Like, right. there was nothing else oh, holding my attention, and I just could not care less. <laughs> the last 15 minutes slapped. And then, of course, I go to the Wikipedia just to, you know, double check anything. The last paragraph in the intro a live action adaptation of the film is no. scheduled to be released in 2019. Man. So, folks, it never gets better. They, Nothing they, will ever get there's better. There's way too many live action adaptations of Disney movies. It just makes me wonder when are they going to do the live action adaptation of Pocahontas? Oh, I was hoping you were going to say Song of the South. <laughs> <laughs> because I was absolutely going for that joke. If you oh, man. I love I Uncle Remus too. and the Boondock Saints and Walking Dead, though. He's <laughs> so good. <laughs> Alright, so now we have a back-to-back double feature of movies that are books. Thank you again, Chris. <laughs> the 12 movies assigned to me weren't enough. I had to read them. <laughs> so House of Flying Daggers is first. Look, it's not for me, but I can appreciate it. And I'm happy I watched it because, like, this is another type of movie where I would have looked at it and be like, I should watch that someday. And then that would have been as far as I ever got with it for... 20 years like oh, i should download that one day how long was it uh like just under two hours uh, manageable then like it's absolutely gorgeous like it is a gorgeous movie i'm always here for wire foo fights on top of bamboo trees i'm always here for that but just the romance thing did nothing for me uh, but you know i'm i'm happy i watched it because okay. you know i wouldn't have ever i just would have watched well, stuff I'll get to later. Yeah. <laughs> when left to my own devices, as you'll hear later on, it's not good. Right. After that was Knife in the Water. Continuing our running theme of sharks, Sasquatch, and sex creeps. So thank you again, Chris, <laughs> for giving me a really cool Roman Polanski movie to ring in the new year. I, he's good again. You know what? I mean, I didn't like him at first, but that new bit he's doing on stage about the school shooting kids is real good. Uh, they were asking for it, so. <laughs> it's fun watching this movie, and even with the language barrier, just laughing, going, that dude doesn't realize he's about to get cucked. And then he does. And then the movie's over. The last thing in the series. Now, originally I agreed to do Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation, but I called an audible because... Texas Chainsaw 3D has been on my radar for a very long time because of a specific scene I knew was coming at the end. So I put that on. This is a very confusing movie because, like, it starts very strong. It's It does, like, the new Halloween where it just takes place right after the original movie. Nothing in between matters. They recreate the house. They, like, faithfully redo everything. And then the movie just fucking falls apart because it turns out you can't build a, a captivating horror movie around Alexandra Daddario, as it turns out. So, you know how the first one ends with the girl getting away in the back of the truck, right? Yeah. She returns to town and tells them what happened. We get a little old-fashioned Texas justice. Or they just roll up and fucking light that house up. But there's a baby in the house. Everyone dies except the baby who's given away. Can, can you guess who it is? Spoilers, it's Alexandra Daddario. Oh. <laughs> we get to the end of the movie. There's crooked cops... Leatherface is about to be killed. She finds out she's related to him. She hands him his chainsaw. Looks at him and says, Do your thing, cuz. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. It is... Powerfully bad. Hey, you know what the original Texas Chainsaw didn't need? Shitty jump scares. And a lot of them. 
That's a good point. The original did not have those shitty jump scares. It was a lot of it was, I guess, kind of atmosphere, and there was a little bit of uh, what if to it. Yeah. Well, don't worry. You get to see the meat hook scene again, but with more blood because why have subtlety? Hey, remember the cool scene where she pops out of the ice chest? That's here too. Oh, it's fine. But Parker, maybe it's because you didn't watch it in its true form in 3D. Like maybe this is your fault. But maybe if I could, if you had the glasses, I would. That's that's a good point. Let's go find a clearance TV. We'll get this, and we'll get Drive Angry, and we'll just make a night of it. <laughs> Who says no? I mean, Who says no? I mean, Parker, the idea that they're going to repeat gags, that's really what they are, gags from the first movie. To an extent, I guess some fans would claim that that's what they want to see, you know? But sometimes people don't really know what's best for them, I think. I think maybe if you go with this idea in a new direction, maybe the series would be better for it. But I'm sure there are lots of other really, 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 really really good texas chainsaw sequels right so the next movie (laughs) speaking of uh not knowing what's good for yourself the he-man and she-raw christmas special (laughs) thank you yeah did you (laughs) now here's the thing i didn't watch he-man i did not watch she-raw so this entire hour is essentially the Chin Pokemon episode where Stan's <laughs> parents are watching it and just like, the fuck are they saying? I don't know what this is. It's just people I don't know talking to other things I don't know on alien planets, and then they teach this weird ghost-looking dude the spirit of Christmas. And then there's a song. I don't know. There's robots, and they shoot lasers at She-Ra, and she's on a flying unicorn, and then they sing a Christmas song, and Chris, I... I just fucking hate you, man. Like, you're just a horrible friend. Like, it might as well have been in fucking Chinese. I did not understand a word of it. Parker, everything I assigned, except for most of what I assigned this week, has a reason to it. Okay? So, one of the biggest reasons here is, I A, I thought that there would be something for you to comment on. Clearly, I was mistaken in that approach. But now there is a legitimate reason. Now you know <laughs> She-Ra's, like, original design, and you can admit that the new redesign is really, really bad, right? How am I supposed to <laughs> fuck this new She-Ra? How am I supposed to get this fucking hot 2019 nut off? How am I supposed to shoot rope to this cartoon child? <laughs> fucking snowflake libtard? The, the one thing I like about it in that special is uh, she rides a unicorn or a pegasus with a horse with the wings. My favorite thing Somebody is. Somebody say Pegasus. <laughs> don't know. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, his voice. Boy. His voice sounds like he smoked a box of cigars. Hey, sure. And you know, it's like, what is this? Supposed to be elegant. <laughs> it was challenging. Watching a thirty-year-old VHS rip of something that didn't make sense then is. It was a struggle. I'll be honest with you. It was a struggle. You made it through. I'm very proud of you. You watched an actual good movie. <laughs> yeah, I did. It's called Chairman of the Board. <laughs> this one's personally disappointing for me because, like, you made me watch a lot of garbage, but, like, I had a ton of fun talking about the Star Wars Holiday Special, the mm-hmm. Britney Spears Crossroads, Saving Christmas, that kind of shit. Son of the Mask, too. Oh, God. <laughs> but, like... Nothing I could bring to the table about this will be funnier than Norm MacDonald on Conan. <laughs> he was talking about this with the star of the movie. Like, nothing I could say will be funnier than the look on her face as he just savaged her in front of God and everyone. I love Norm so much. I didn't know Raquel Welch was on Conan, but okay. <laughs> oh, buddy. We'll talk later. I just... Like, 
carrot top jokes stopped being funny like 15 years ago. So I can say like with full sincerity, he is so unpleasant to watch. Oh, he's so it's unpleasant just, to look at, right? Just, I don't like it. The only thing I liked is there is a lot of ska in this movie. So <laughs> for just a powerful amount of ska. I fucking hate that he's an inventor and his name is Edison. I just got mad all over again remembering that. <laughs> it's... Did you like his really sick Beavis and Butthead impression? I like the part where he had the tennis instructor and then he very clearly came in his pants and I stared at his eyes through the entire process of the nut. Thank you again. The anatomically correct fanny pack. It's funny. It has a butt on it. Got him. It's a good thing I didn't make him watch Biodome. Anyway. You mercifully scratched that one. You felt like remorse. I (laughs) did. That's how bad that one is. That one's just like, wait, I want him to do this podcast. (laughs) Bio, uh, we'll get to Biodome. Oh no, (laughs) not not this week, but soon. Because I'm very due for rewatch. Fuck, you say that, (laughs) Alex. It's in our charter that this podcast can't go on without both Parker and I. If one of us misses, we need a two out of three votes (laughs) for all of us for now. Some votes are worth more than others. Alright, do you want to pass off now, or do you want to keep going? I Just the last thing you assigned in that block was Crossroads, which I did not know was a Walter Hill movie, so that was a nice surprise. Isn't it? It was also a surprise to know that it's 90 minutes of Ralph Macchio playing the blues. (laughs) That was an interesting surprise I wasn't expecting. How about that uh, climax with Steve Vai? I mean... I can say, like, I will never watch Crossroads again, but I will never see a movie again that ends with the Karate Kid and Steve I, who is the devil, having a guitar off. So, you know. <laughs> There's things to be said for new experiences. They won't always be great, but, you know, you'll never know unless you dip your toe in the water. I mean, it's worth it. I mean, Walter Hill, really underrated director. Yeah. Man, he's uh, so good. Get lightly. Yeah, it's, it's not just the Warriors, and it's not just this, but hey, the first episode of Tales from the Crypt, that's one of my favorites. It's so good. He's, that man has been done wrong by society. That was the one where I was just like, oh, let's watch this. Yeah, the puppet's talking. And that episode just goes in place where you're like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. How long subscribed has it been HBO. seen 48 hours? It's been a long time and I'm ready to go back. Uh, so there's a, there, there's a whole lot of uncomfortable racism. And other than that, that movie slaps. That's never stopped me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have any idea how many 1940s movies I watch? Anyway, you know what, Chris? Why don't you tell us? Okay, I will pass it off for now because the list is it's it's there's so still powerful. a lot of scrolling left. Okay, it's... all right. Well, I'll start with this one. Uh, this is one that Alex assigned. This is called The Firm. I did not know that The Firm was two hours and forty three minutes. Holy yeah, shit. yeah. About that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, did you rewatch it, Alex? Um, I did actually. So. I don't want. I don't necessarily know if we should go with a partnership thing because one of my biggest takes I'll save for the end is a, sort of a segue here. But uh, first of all, Wilford Brimley as a mafia hitman. Um, uh, it's so fucking <laughs> jarring that his jolly old diabetes grandpa is just telling Tom Cruise to go fuck himself. That's see, that's like one of my hardest things for the movie is like I was actually paying attention to this. That movie is. I will say this way, I like it more than I dislike it. There's a lot that I dislike, and I'll get to that in a second. But there's also a lot that's really, really good. I I mean, Tom Cruise, again, as ever, how does he do it? 
but at one point it's revealed he's he gets hired as a lawyer think of this as like a sequel to a few good men if he never found a comb and he's just you know he gets hired by this firm and he gets paid a whole lot of money he's living with the love of his life and then it turns out hey this firm is kind of shady you know like the people in this town are kind of shady what's going to go on i'm like i'm really hoping deep down it's going to be like a secret horror movie but no it's a secret thriller they made a lawyer movie exciting Fuck. and here's the thing it's like they uh <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they apparently it turns out uh, the firm is connected with the mob, and I think at first he's disbelieving or something. I'm like, I don't know. Let's find out about that. And then they bring in, uh, what's the diabetes? His name again? I forgot him. Diabetes Grandpa. I'll just call Wilford him that. Brimley, yeah. Wilford Brimley. Yeah, they bring Wilford Brimley as the mafia hitman. I'm like, I'm supposed to believe this? Are we joking now? But no, it turns out that's really what they're going for. I, who is it at the end? Danny Aiello or something as uh, as uh, the mafia guy? Who I, I think that was actually a pretty decent climax. And I was able to follow along with what they were going with. I never read the original book. I think I'd like to. But this was actually a pretty decent... I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a courtroom drama because I don't think they ever actually go to the courtroom. But it's a decent legal thriller. I don't know if I like the resolution, but I think a lot of people hate it a lot more than I did. I thought it was like, that's fine. He just read... Uh, he actually studied for the test. That's the twist, I guess. Um, now, as far as everyone's performances, I think they mostly knock it out of the park. People are trying really hard in this one. Gene Hackman's real good in this movie. Oh, yeah, he is. This is the one He's where... He's a treasure. Every single time I watch a Gene Hackman movie, as soon as I start, I'm like, really? Why is he famous? Like, the French Connection, I'm like, I don't know about this, but he's more, like, he's at least above average in everything he does. He's even the best part of Superman 4, which, uh, I'm not <laughs> proud I watched that. <laughs> but, uh, he, I mean, he's great and unforgiven, of course. Uh, he's very, very good in this. Tom Cruise is just so much fun to watch. And I, I like the ending, too. So this is one of those movies because it's so long and so dense and so clearly a book adaptation that every time I see it, I'm like in my head, I'm like, man, I really wish this was a miniseries instead. And now it oh. is, and I'm never gonna watch it. Oh man! So, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't um, have Tom Cruise. Did uh, how did you feel about the score? Okay, I want to save that for the end. Is there anything okay. else you want to say about before I get to that? Um, the only other thing, uh, part of the reason that I assign this to you is because um, the, the fucking Bill Simmons movie podcast just did this as an episode again, and like I wanted somebody to talk about this movie with because oh, nobody man. just fucking seen it. Yeah. I went and listened to that again after I uh, watched it, and uh, it turns out uh, when we did, uh, we did Cocktail a couple weeks ago, and I was, um, we talked about uh, Tom Cruise drinking, and then I brought up Vin Diesel not knowing how to drink a beer. <laughs> literally word for word in that fucking episode that, oh, I, that I was two, two weeks after we recorded so uh i guess what i'm saying is uh go celtics and mookie Betts is better than mike trout and tom brady did nothing wrong i mean took the words right out of my mouth so here, here. the most important thing about the firm and this here's the thing as much as i like this movie the score is perhaps the worst i've ever heard I despise I the score. It, it so is much. so... It's basically, Parker, what it is, because you're never going to watch this. It's a minimalist piano. It's just one guy watching the movie and playing the piano to it. Now, here's a twist. If you turn off the movie and take out all the sounds and stuff and just listen to the soundtrack on its own, it's not bad. It's like, oh, hey, you know, this is nice. But I don't think it captures the mood of the movie at all. It's almost distracting by how annoying it is. He repeats themes every once in a while. It's not dramatic. It's not cool. Every once in a while, he'll play, like, something upbeat when something very much not upbeat is going on. I'm like, what are you doing? How are you a composer for this? It's just, this is something that needs violins to it. I hated the score so much that, by comparison, 
Ravenous has one of the best scores I've ever heard in my life. Yes. That's the so take. fucking good. <laughs> you now, Parker. You have to understand. I read your letterbox review where you despise the score. You have to understand. I legitimately loved Ravenous's score, and I know why it is. It's because I had just watched the firm previously. <laughs> I. I'm completely dead ass serious. As soon as I got, and the worst part is, I listened oh, I to the credits time. too, and the credits are just a dun, 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 with a stupid fucking piano. When you get to Ravenous, I would rather have those three banjos all bending their strings and everything while someone hits a bone on a drum. It's, oh, can we make that our new podcast music? <laughs> no, but uh, I will use the crossroads. Uh, uh, do we need two bones? <laughs> two out of three. Uh, well again actually i do kind of like ravenous score again because at least it's something different something unconventional if i had not watched the firm beforehand balls in a completely different court i don't know how i would feel about it i do not think i would like it however i will say this about ravenous this was accidentally marketed as a horror movie uh it's it's not scary which is a shame don't say it. however don't. it's more of a thrill <laughs> oh. but actually i will say this it really works as a dark comedy uh there's so a lot of really really funny parts so funny in fact that when he first goes to the outpost the main character when the main character goes to the outpost guy pierce i remember the actor's name then Jeffrey Jones starts introducing everyone, and it seems like it's their very own Suicide Squad. <laughs> Thank you. But so fuck. I, mostly, I think probably us talking up this score for so much almost makes it more fun to experience. Like even, like I, I completely acknowledge your firm take, but like when you know you're gonna have fun with the bad score going in, it's a lot different than when you're just watching the movie going, wait, what the fuck is this? That's, that, okay, what is I this think music? That is He's eating that person. <laughs> is that a xylophone? i murdering the pedophile from Ferris Bueller. I, oh, here's the thing. Uh, we also do need to talk about it. I saw Jeffrey Jones again. I'm like, I like that guy. He's in so many of my favorite movies. I say this every single time I watch a movie that Jeffrey yeah. Jones is in. And then you look him up. It's rough. Guys... It's rough You're gonna have to time. do it on your own. It's just he's he's yeah. so good, but yeah, man, it's, <laughs> yeah. Did you know Justin Bieber coming after all our heroes? Wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, well, for content, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who um, amongst us doesn't think he's good in Beetlejuice? Is all I'm saying. He's good. In, sure, he fucked a couple kids, yeah, but like he's look, you know? he's good in just about everything he does. I'm sorry, does that say there's a Stuart Little TV series? What? The, uh, uh, I'm not going to find out. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I trust someone my has this podcast loves anthropomorphic talking animals. I, that's that's uh, unfortunately we'll get someone else on this it. podcast has a TV series yet to be assigned to him. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> see that happen. Anyway, uh, I'll get to you again in a second. Uh, the thing about <laughs> Ravenous is. I liked it more than I disliked it, as ever. I just wasn't as excited by everything that was happening in it, and it didn't hold my attention quite as well as the Tom Cruise legal thriller. So, it, I mean, it's it's not bad. It's actually pretty good, and I do think the score enhances it, even if you hate the score, and it's okay to hate the score. The score is fucking bonkers. Even if you hate the score, it's kind of like a good way to like get you back into it and be like, okay, I really don't know why you're doing this right now. You know, It, it, it sort of keeps you off balance in a way. Uh, but... I, I think some of the performances are just really, really lightweight when you compare it to Jeffrey Jones and Guy Pierce. Like, what was that female Native American doing? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, after that comes to the third worst movie I've ever seen in my life, Funny Games. 
<laughs> I want now. There are two uh, iterations of Funny Games, both by the same talentless director. Uh, one came out in 1997. It's in German. I decided to watch that one solely because it's on ten different lists. I have to check off the list. It's ah, you part chose of the wrong one, buddy. Uh, look, this is seriously such an awful movie. This is embarrassing that you guys like this. It might be my favorite movie I watched this week. This is such an awful, horrendous, no good, very bad movie. It's th- This movie doesn't say anything. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't go anywhere. Okay, so let me stop you now and say... So I had a good experience with it. But the problem with this conversation is... Every flaw you say, I will cross my arms and go... Well, actually, it's supposed to do that. And then you cram me in a locker. Uh, you really deserve to be stuck in there. Because if that's the case, if this movie is not meant to entertain, which it does Correct. not, then why am I watching it? For punishment's sake? I signed it to you. That's the only reason? Okay, good. Because this is seriously, like, this movie's shameful. This is almost as bad as Knock Knock. Who's there, dude? Yeah, see, there's, like, nothing good about this. Even the part at the end where he rewinds it, it was like, oh, look, I'm going to take what you want away from you. It doesn't change the viewer in any way. The worst part is that the, the director's an idiot. He says, oh, this is supposed to show about desensitization to violence. But you don't do that. You don't even come close to doing it. You talentless schmuck. So I will just yeah, I say about this movie, I saw this when I was in high school, and I didn't like it at the time. And I haven't revisited it since and don't plan to, but like I now have a positive opinion of it in my head for some reason. I, can't I was in really the exact same it. boat. Like, I was in the exact same boat, and as soon as he told me how much he hated it, it, I was like, alright, well I guess I'm going to download it because I need to know. Because I literally, I remember watching it in high school. Someone from 4chan was streaming it. My internet cut out when they were on the boat. And by the time my internet came back in, the movie was over. So I had to read the ending on Wikipedia. And I hated it. And then as the years have gone by, I was like, you know, the movie might be pretty good, actually. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Embarrassing. Anyway, then I watched... The, actor, the villains in the English version are way better. Sure. Anyway, so then I watched Hell House LLC. Guys, I've been working on this one for a while. I actually wrote something for this. So just bear with me while I say this. <clears throat> Red leather, yellow leather. Whew. She sells, she sells by the Kmart. More like Smell House, Smell, Smell, Pee. Just a goddamn minute, Rondell. Right? I just dabbed in front of my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie's worthless. Anyway, I also watched Speed 2 what Cruise Control. Shit? I'm, oh, sorry. I, I'm sure there's something that's really good about Hell House LLC. What is it? That's what I thought. Anyway, Speed 2 Cruise Control, which happens to have Sandra Bullock. I've thrown up my hands four times in this podcast <laughs> Okay, so I guess I'll, All right, I'll talk about Hell House LLC. I didn't despise it. I just sort of tolerated it. I, I'm sorry, this movie does absolutely nothing for me. This isn't even close to going Jump Haunted Asylum. Like, not I'm even not going to sign you horror anymore, because we have vastly different It's not even tastes. about horror. This is, I, I like some horror movies, as long as they're from, from the 1930s, but this one, it's... It doesn't do any... It doesn't come close. It's not... I, I, it's just not scary. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, like, a lot of this movie is just a bunch of people going, Yo, what the fuck, man? Yo, what the fuck? What the fuck, man? It was like the fucking thing, man. It was a fucking thing. Like, okay, dude, I get it. But I, I don't know. There's no mystery to it. I don't care about any of the people in there. It's just... It, I don't know. The whole thing just kind of frustrated me. I, I, I didn't really like it very much. I don't know what to say. Parker? I'm, gonna let you I'm so upset. Part. 
Parker, it's okay not to like things. I, no, okay, I'm just so I will, disappointed because I really thought you'd love it. I'm like, sorry. I'm not mad that you don't like it. I just I will defend it. You know, it hurts when you're like, oh, dude, you're gonna love this. I'm like, ah, dude, that's how I, I threw it. That's how I was about Jesus Christ Superstar. I really thought you'd enjoy that. I'm sorry. Anyway, the one defense I will say for LLC LLC is it looks like it was made for fifty dollars. Correct. That's also an insult. Anyway, Speed 2 Cruise Control. Welcome to Found Footage, buddy. I got about 40 movies to show you. Uh, We're about to have some grave encounters. I already made that joke. Uh, Speed 2 Cruise Control stars uh, that lady from Bird Box. Thank you. We'll fucking get there. And not Keanu Reeves. hard pass yeah uh it also has lucy from twin peaks so it's like my favorite character i got to see her oh cool. <laughs> and also uh willem dafoe uh from aquaman oh yes he's somehow oh, less interesting in this than he was in aquaman no top knot so already a disadvantage here uh here's the thing they tried to make sandra bullock the comic relief and also the heroine and it really doesn't work. She's a really good actress. I'm not going to take anything away from her, but we wondered a while ago. Uh, Alex, I think you brought it up. We know she's an A-list star. Why isn't she A-plus somehow? I think it must be Speed 2 Cruise Control because this revealed yeah, a lot about itself. her. Yeah. I, it's not even that. It's just like, oh, it's like this movie bombed and she lost money because it bombed. No, she's really bad in it. Like, it's, I don't know what she's doing. It's almost like so bad she, she's good, but Jesus not Christ, quite. Is she really 54? She doesn't look an age of it, right? Speed 2 is the kind of movie where Keanu says no, you have to also say no. I Pretty much. The movie just... You gotta be like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. I see the writing on the walls here. Mm -hmm. Beyond the point. Anyway, then I was... (laughs) Before I get any further, I have to talk about... I finished Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, my God, yes. I deserve the Congressional Medal of Honor for that. I mean, you say finish, but I feel like that was just one season. Season one, you're right. It's season one. Of the first series of many. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about football. Is it it's going to be on for years and years and years? <laughs> Not if I have anything to say about it. Not if Trump has anything to say about it. They keep kneeling. Anyway. Uh, so ready for our XFL bets. I, w- <laughs> I have an XFL jersey. I have a He Hate Me jersey. Did I wear it to you? Yeah, I think I did. Anyway. You sure did. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that jersey is a big hit in the office, let me tell you. Anyway. Uh, Dungeon Dice Monsters. <laughs> there's a gentleman the by the name of duke devlin at one point joey goes off script and calls him puke devlin it's so cool it's the highlight of dungeon dice monsters i can only imagine why it didn't catch on in the toy market perhaps because it's completely impossible to follow speaking of impossible <laughs> to follow making up rules I, as it goes on. <laughs> speaking of impossible to follow i watched Yu-Gi-Oh! the movie aka Yu-Gi-Oh! pyramid of light the movie as if it was the only one buddy. yeah <laughs> you're making a lot of misconceptions tonight that will come back to bite as you. one of my favorite comedians once sang in a beloved holiday song eight pyramids of light Oh my god. <laughs> what is happening? Is this how we're starting 2019? We're going to make we're going to somehow Now I just want to go to work. We're just going to delete make, this whole thing. We're just going to make Josh watch eight crazy nights. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the worst thing we'd ever do. Anyway, uh Pyramid He's of already Light. seen it. Come on. <laughs> he laughed at it, but he likes it more than The Shining. Anyway, I threw up on me or froze. <laughs> Got him, Josh. <laughs> I love you, Josh. <laughs> anyway pyramid of light is 
pretty much impossible for me to follow. I think it takes place like sometime after season four, but I can't tell. It's <laughs> I I don't know. It's I don't know what's going on in almost any of this, but it doesn't matter because he has to go back in time and fight Anubis. <laughs> I think. <laughs> it's like cool trying to, to watch the X Files movies without having seen the show, except dumber somehow. It's Here's so the thing. Good. I don't know. The T one hundred's there, and there might be werewolves. I don't fucking know. Here's the thing. So I, I swear, I was actually watching this. I was at work, and I was like, "Okay, I'll get this out of the way." And I was like, "Listening to it, I was like, okay." And everything. The art looks a lot better. Like it looks a lot cleaner. But to an extent, it almost looks worse in a way because it's a little too clean. And it gets to the final battle with again. Anubis and (laughs) every time every time I would look at it I would be like oh what does Anubis look like I would look at it and then the actual would cut away so you can't see him so I'd like look back at the screen do my work and then I'd hear Anubis's voice I'd look at the screen try to catch a glimpse of him and I I just couldn't catch a word I was like okay I stopped working I was like I'll just watch it now 14 minutes I didn't get to see a glimpse of him what's going on I still don't know what Anubis from Yu-Gi-Oh looks like if you what if you dare says oh guess you'll have to watch it again not happening alright also thank you to Hulu for putting this on there is it oh jeepers (laughs) (laughs) guess what I'm doing when you guys go to work not that because it's too boring it won't hold your attention just like Hell House LLC Chad did you ever call him a noob (laughs) (laughs) just asking for a (laughs) no no I'm sorry uh, Parker, you want to get another series of movies in? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have two more. Two, two more. Two more. Sorry. Uh, I have two more. These are ones that are not on my iTech movies list because I watch them of my own volition. And you guys can laugh if you want, but these are both kind of okay. personal to me. Uh, I watched It's a Wonderful Life in theaters. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And it was a packed house. They were just, like, just chock-a-block. Everyone's in there. No free seats. So you're all watching this black-and-white Christmas movie from 1946. And it felt like I was like alone in the theater, you know. It's just that movie's right there for me, and I'm not gonna lie, I teared up at the end. I I just love that movie. It it goes beyond being a movie. It's one of those movies where it's it's so high in your list. It's like it's not even about the art anymore. It's just my personal connection with that movie, and I just it's one of the best experiences I've ever had in a theater. When I got home, I was like, hey, let's double up. I'll watch Miracle on 34th Street, another movie that I really like. It's definitely not as good. It's like a noticeable decrease in quality. However. I want to compare this to the original Blair Witch Project. Uh, there is a scene in the Blair Witch Project, and I think Parker already knows what I'm talking about here. It's the baby scene. Oh, yeah. Which so good. I would consider that one of the scariest things in movie history, simply because it is easier to direct a chihuahua than it is a baby. You know, babies and young children are really, really tough to direct. That's why whenever you see a child actor, it's always really impressive. Natalie Wood in Miracle on 34th Street is very, very talented. She's very fun to watch. She's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the little girl, the Dutch girl, who sat on Santa's lap and sang that song with him because there's a look in her eye where she believes with every single fiber of her being that that is the real Santa Claus. And you can tell that she's probably not the only one in the cast. There's something in there, something that you cannot direct. You can try. You can talk about, you know, the the Stradivarius technique or whatever it's called. And, uh, like, nothing you can do will make that nine-year-old girl believe in Santa Claus like her own heart did. So that one really got to me. I watched Charlie Brown and the Grinch. Those were okay. They were animated. They're from the 60s. You don't care. Parker, go on with your other series of movies. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Yugi. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, when he ran through the streets and sang Merry Christmas, Movie House, I nearly stood up and screamed, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, Pegasus. <laughs> Put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> I re-listened to that. Uh, I re-listened to the Jurassic World two episode, and guess what? We really are on top of our game. It's a fucking good episode. <laughs> He's breaking off the teeth of the incel raptor. He says, "Oh, you don't know pain." <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing Fuck. Alex say that, he's like, "God, she's such a nasty woman." <laughs> so the thing about glitter. <laughs> Is that it's a movie that my friends made me watch. <laughs> now, the prologue is Mariah's Carey's mom burning down their house with a cigarette. Uh, also, Terrence Howard is an angry pimp. But that's that's not important. <laughs> the thing about Glitter is it is one of the worst edited movies I've ever seen in my life. Whoa. <laughs> there is no sense of time whatsoever. In the span of this movie... Let me see here. I wrote it all down. So, this woman becomes discovered... She becomes the biggest star on the fucking planet. She has a huge rift with her friends. She has a relationship that starts great and turns sour and almost gets violent. Uh, the guy she's with gets murdered in an alley by Terrence Howard. She performs at a sold-out stadium. She finds her mom. It could have all been in the same fucking afternoon. There is no sense of when anything starts, begins, or ends. Things just happen, and then she sings, and then things happen, and then she sings again. Then things happen, and you're like, is that dude's name Dice Man? And then he gets shot by Terrence Howard, and then she sings again, and then it's over. It yeah. is. Dice Man was one of my favorite pitchers for the Red Sox. <laughs> I mean, Hugh Devlin is right. <laughs> Fucking Mariah Carey shrieking for 100 minutes. I cannot believe my dog didn't freak out once. It is... I'm sure she's a lovely lady, but it is unpleasant. You're sure she's lovely? Do you know know what she looks like? Have you not seen the memes? Dude, I've seen all the memes. <laughs> you invented them. Like, nary a meme has gone unseen. <laughs> Put that in so the right like letter. <laughs> <laughs> Mariah Carey and the Dice Man, they meet up. She goes back to his apartment. And he plays what I can only describe as a giant xylophone. And then they fuck. And that's it. They're recording the soundtrack for Ravenous. A lot of synergy this episode. Like, the guy who plays Dice, he has a real name, but they call him Dice Man, so that's all I'm calling him. Don't ask what the beer nerd calls him. (laughs) This puke-soaked alley (laughs) shot by the original Rudy. He looks exactly like a fucking knockoff Marky Mark, but he has blonde highlights. Wait, did you call it's... him a roadie? Buddy, don't worry about it. No, wait, 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 wait. Is this the idea of the movie is Glitter is that Mariah Carey sleeps with one of her roadies? Oh, she sleeps with America's hottest DJ, Dice Man. Is, is this, wait a second, is this like the, uh, the film version of the Britney Spears K-Fed storyline? Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, he was a back. Hey Chris, person. never mind. Hey Chris, Chris, ask me, ask me what glitter means. What does glitter mean? I don't fucking know. A <laughs> hundred minutes of my life, I don't know why the fuck it's called glitter. <laughs> what is the movie's thesis? The thesis is that we went from Justin to Kelly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, you see. I watched these back to back because my seasonal depression had not kicked in hard enough. 
Glitter is a bad movie with songs. This is a bad musical, which is <laughs> a very different animal. Now, Justin is the mayor of Spring Break. Alex, your thoughts? <laughs> this dude break. with the most powerful hair I've ever seen is supposed to be the charming and funny lead. I hate it. The whole movie is this this fucking dude like just close your eyes and picture his soft ass face is responsible for organizing all of the hottest parties on spring break <laughs> and she's disgusted about these women being degraded and then there's like a boat race and then they love each other and then they <laughs> sing a lot more and then that guy calls him sideshow bob and then i blinked <laughs> and it was over it is that was a rough evening as a man who's had many rough evenings in his life, that was an especially tough one to get through. <laughs> that seems like... I think that was one on like the Wikipedia list of worst movies ever made. From Justin and Kelly's always been on there, and I was like, I don't oh, know. Oh, I knocked out a lot in these two weeks. I think you I, did, yeah. I filled that punch card pretty good. It was... <laughs> the Mayor of Spring Break. <laughs> you know, speaking of Spring Breakers, was that John McClane as a town? judge? Alex, do you remember uh, in Spring Breakers if that was John McClane as the judge? Oh, God. I think it was. It's possible. I wish I'd watched Spring Breakers over almost any movie. Same, but like always. Same, but Hell House LLC. Anyway. Um, you don't have to keep hurting me like I'm this. Sorry. Put it over fun again. If only we could go fun. back in time. Did someone say Spring Break forever? <laughs> How about Pokemon forever? <laughs> Now, I was, I put this on, I was like, this is going to be rough, because, like, it's going to be a fucking 75-minute movie about Pokemon. What am I going to bring to the show? It's only when you watch it, you realize that they were all sitting in a meeting, like, all right, the fourth Pokemon movie, and someone ran into the room, coked out of their mind, and screamed, what if there was time travel? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Which Pokemon is capable of time travel? Buddy, our good friend Celebi is able to to traverse time and bring people with it. <laughs> the end of this movie, we realized that the kid who had been joining Ash on this 75 minute long adventure was actually <laughs> Professor Oak, but back in time. I'm a major incel of you. Alright, next movie. I got nothing. I'm sorry, I, got I, nothing did, to top I didn't that. mean to steal your joke. <laughs> No, that's better than anything I had written down. <laughs> it's just the only thing I had written down other than that is it's incredible how this movie's seventy five minutes and it feels like hundred and twenty. Oh no. It's just endless. <laughs> Alright, that's another block of movies. Alex, your turn. <laughs> I've still got plenty more, don't worry. Alex, go right ahead. Alright. Um so before before I move on to other things, I wanted to say I actually did, you know, I know you guys are going to find this hard to believe because I'm me and, you know, holiday cheer and things like that do not cooperate with me in general. But I did sit down and watch Cruz's movie of my own volition, and it was not Elf. Oh, thank so fuck goodness. you. Yeah, I mean, if you had been chained to the floor, I would have just felt bad. <laughs> just nod through your fucking arms like a dog. <laughs> So I sat down and watched something that I meant to watch last year during the Christmas season and didn't get to until now, called The Man Who Invented Christmas, starring our boy Dan Stevens. Oh. Oh, man. So if you're not familiar with this movie, basically the premise is Dan Stevens plays Charles Dickens. 
and he's down on his luck and he's trying to write you know uh he's trying to write the next great christmas story to like you know kind of get his career back on track and the whole thing is just about him writing a christmas carol and he does all these like writery things where he's up in his writer's room and he's just like reading through a book of names trying to figure out what the character's name is and whenever he gets to the right one the character just pops into existence and he like converses with the character it's it's actually it's really well done in that regard and when he when he's like he's come he's trying to come up with uh the name for scrooge he's like reading on this list he's like and i'm sure you guys who have seen his face those beautiful blue eyes and how facially expressive he is like you just imagine him just like, mm, scritch, no. Screeve, no. Ah, yes, Scrooge. And then Christopher Plummer in a nightgown plops into existence. <laughs> and it is perfect in every way. This oh, movie man. is perfectly shot and perfectly cast. This movie, to its credit, which I love, it assumes that you know the story of A Christmas Carol before you go in which is something that I think any movie should do if you're trying to do a retelling of A Christmas Carol. Like, if you get bogged down in the, yeah, and these are where the ghosts came from, and this is how the story works. And, you know, naturally it ends up with him writing the story, he's trying to come up with it. It's not that hard to figure out that, oh, it's going to end up paralleling it, where it ends up he's being, like, the Scrooge to all these other people, and, you know, he learns to love his family and stuff, and his book's successful and all that. I fucking love this movie. This might be my favorite Christmas movie. Like, God damn it. I, I should have watched it. He, like, all of the things that he is good at come out in this movie. Because there's a lot of just him, like, doing crazy writer shit in his room with the camera on his face. And, God, it's so good. This movie, I cannot say enough good things about this movie. It's a shame that it's now January and nobody will watch it for the holiday season. He say that? Yeah. Yeah, no, this actually... I will, I will die for my king, Dan Stevens. Technically, the Christmas season hasn't ended for Catholicism. You see, the 12 days of Christmas are actually... It hasn't ended for anyway, me Anyway, tune in next week. <laughs> so, most of my week has been pretty rough, because I am, I am being seriously punished for making my girlfriend sit through Aquaman. There has been a lot of British Bake Off on in this house. <laughs> it is... It is something. Spoilers, they make cakes, and then they make different cakes, and then they make a third cake, and then they have a oh. picnic with their family, and there's dogs and a band. Huh. It, it, you can save the time. Um, but uh, naturally, I was like, okay, we can watch whatever you want after you sat through two and a half hours of Aquaman for me. So we sat down and watched Crazy Rich Asians. Ooh. So, I'm interested. Let me get the bad out of the way first. There were two jokes in this movie that made me physically recoil, and I didn't write them down. Ooh. But, like, this movie is not funny in the slightest. And right, like, good. Uh, well, like, you can tell it's a book adaptation because there's a whole lot going on. Like, Ken Jeong is there playing what appears to be an Elvis impersonator. Strike two. <laughs> and three. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that said, I kind of really liked it. Like, it's it's very dense in the way that Jerry Maguire is dense. Like, you don't get that from rom-coms. Like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of characters. There are a lot of moments where you're like, why the fuck is this character in this movie? Like, why didn't they cut this? And then 45 minutes later, you're like, oh, I get it now. Like, there, I feels, everything feels like it has a payoff. Um, 
for being a movie that's only two hours long, there's a whole lot crammed in there. And for being, you know, a fairly predictable rom-com, it takes a lot of twists and turns in the middle that I feel like... I see why people read this book, and I see why people love this movie. Like, if you have to sit down and watch a rom-com, if you are forced into the corner, this is one of the best ones you can pick. Like, but man, those jokes are bad. Oh, boy. (laughs) Man, they're real bad. I wish I wrote them down, because, like... It was a classic case of, like, my head was on her shoulder, and, like, I, like, like cringed to the point that she thought something was wrong. I'm like, no, that was just, that hurt me. (laughs) A couple, I mean, I think every once in a while, some really bad jokes can almost sink a movie that's otherwise really good for me, so I'll tread with caution. My sister actually just got it on Blu-ray, so I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, it's, you could do worse with two hours of your time, for sure. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Parker, is it time to talk about Bird Box? Fuck yes, it is. Go for it. Jesus Christ. <sighs> so let's just start this off. I fucking hate Bird Box so much. <laughs> <laughs> is it because everyone's been talking about it? <laughs> no, actually. It has nothing to do with that. Because it turns out that everyone I've talked to about this movie also hates it. Except for the one guy who saw it first and liked it and has now changed his mind due to peer pressure. So shout out to him. <laughs> you gotta pick your battles. I can't man. believe he's talking about you, Parker. But anyway. So this movie Buddy. <laughs> this movie is also like a hair over two hours long. And it feels like seven. Ooh. Now yes. I am one of the biggest suckers on the planet for post apocalyptic movies. If you make a post apocalyptic movie with any semblance of a budget and any semblance of like marketing, I'm going to see it. Uh, you know, like, stuff like The Road and that Steven Soderbergh movie about the disease outbreak that I think is called Contagion, but now I can't remember. That sounds right. Like, a lot of them I don't enjoy, but I just, like, love being in the world, so I don't really care. It's the reason that I played through fucking 30 hours of Fallout 4, which is dog shit, but I digress. (laughs) Um, So, when you tell me the premise is, oh, there's, like, some crazy demon, and if you see it, you kill yourself, and everyone in the world is like seeing it and whatever demon whatever you want to call it um i'm in on the premise alone and then there you know was all the netflix hype and there was the fact that our smart tv turned on in the middle of the night to play the trailer somehow when we were both asleep so i'm like oh fuck maybe this movie's spooky as hell because like the tv had been off for like four hours and it just turned on and the bird box trailer was playing and like extremely unsettling so i'm like maybe you got a spooky little movie here nope these are the most wooden fucking stock like disaster movie characters you can possibly imagine. They, there is so little fucking characterization of anybody in this movie. You don't give a shit about any of them. Like you have no reason to care when they all inevitably die. Which, and it's not even a linear story, so it's like yeah, because I ca- oh. I came into this late. I came in thirty minutes late, and even I, King Autism, was like. Yeah, I'm not gonna go back. I'm fine. Yeah, like, the, the that whole... drives me insane. But like to fucking waste John Malkovich and to be watching like, okay, so we're back to the f- okay, so those characters don't make it. So now we're gonna flash back to them yeah. For we know minutes. immediately based on the start of the movie because everything that happens is like in a five year flashback. We know immediately that nobody lives except for Sandra Bullock and her dumb fucking kids. So guess who doesn't care when you have to watch them for two fucking hours? Not only that. But the way this plot moves is just, like, crazy random plot contrivance to crazy random plot contrivance. Did the two throwaway characters just steal their car with all the windows blacked out? They sure did. Why? No one knows, because it's never brought up. 
And it's like, oh, well, the car is gone. I guess we need to move the plot along. Like, it, it's shit like that. Over and over and over for two hours and four minutes. When we accidentally paused this movie and I saw we were only an hour in, I wanted to die because I thought it was about to end. Like, I'm like, <laughs> there can't be much left in this. Now, Chris, I don't know if you're familiar with the premise of this, but it's uh, basically... Alex. Alex. I watched it. I loved it. Oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know you too well for that. You, you would have made it known that you watched Bird Box at some point because you would have not been able to stop yourself. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. So it's 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 a quiet place except with sight, and the only no, thing I could think about, all I could think no, no, about no. throughout this movie, it's... go ahead, is how badly I want to see a quiet place except with smells. <laughs> He knows the truth. <laughs> no, it's not a quiet place. It's the happening, which is oh, not a good works. comparison for your movie. Oh, and by man. the way, yeah. for the record, I don't mind that we don't see the the villain because, I mean, it's not a book. Like nothing I, they would put on screen that, that they're gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna be as good as what you imagine. That, that is, is one of the few things it. that this did right. One of the very. I, I think. Things. Yeah, I think. Okay, I actually have not seen a second of it. Well, I've seen other fucking memes, which I'll get to. But I think the idea that if you had shown it for even a second, I think that almost would have ruined it. I like that they don't show it. Or at least I'm not going to watch it. But the idea I I like the of idea. something that just looking at it drives you insane so you kill yourself. Like, nothing you put on screen will ma- match whatever's in your head. So yeah. I, that is the right choice. But here's the thing. But what if my it's God. depending on who it is, uh, who's looking, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. they they kind of demonstrate that early on. Well, but... that you would need characterization to know what would upset that character, and unfortunately, <laughs> he fucking wasted John Malkovich. I'm I'm gonna rip my shirt off. I'm so angry. Oh, hey, this is not the first movie to waste John Malkovich. They did the same thing in um, uh, the fucking TSA agent from Get Out. Like, god damn it, <sighs> it's not fair. Like, what, this is what, a really good cast on paper. Let and... me put it this way. I'm pretty sure even if this was a good movie, he would have been mailing it in based on what we saw from that performance. But fair. So, uh, Bird Box is a Netflix movie, right? Yes, sure is. And it, when did it come out? Like last week. Oh, I was. I, I thought. Yeah. I thought it was a New Year's Eve sort of movie. So basically, Bird Box is this year's Sprite. Yeah, it is genius timing to yeah. put it out between <laughs> Christmas and New Year's when everyone's at home anyways, and they yeah. don't have to pay for it. You know, the other like, thing Between about this it. and Cloverfield Paradox, they're really good at just throwing movies out. It's like, I got you a hundred trillion if you watched it before you found out it was dog shit. I'm, I'm, look, <laughs> I'm sure that uh, Bird Box, I mean, whatever your opinion is on it, I trust you guys implicitly. However, I think that the memes must have done something. I've seen so many bird box memes i have no desire to watch it now and all my friends are saying i have to see it strictly because i want to know what's going on in the memes i do not care about sandra bullock with a blindfold in the boat yeah oh, memes are the only real currency in the world yeah, so i understand it's not i'm not going to do it like me as the person who will come into a movie 20 minutes late and go all right i'll watch the beginning later so i can log it on letterboxd no i will never go back i don't care I, you cannot pay me to go back and rewatch that half. To moment. Sandra Bullock's credit, she's trying very hard in this movie, and she's oh, yeah, not. She's, she's not bad in it. She's. Oh, I think she's a talented actress. Even when she tries hard and fails, at least she was trying. At least she it's goes just, for something. Your movie only gets so many conveniences. Like to spend almost two hours, where every single time they leave, it's just this prolonged, like exact thing where 
that something could go wrong in every single possible turn. And then she just runs through a fucking clear path in the woods. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. I guess we had to wrap this up, huh? Cool. Yeah, like... But I, I mean, at that point, like, that's not what made me hate it. I was already over the movie. Oh, it's yeah, just shit sure. like that. Yeah, like, I was, I, I was very much, like... I was on the verge of going from I don't like this to I fucking hate this. And then they're in the boat on the river and the boat bonks off a truck in the river and their supply, supplies just fall over the side. It's like, oh no, we need more supplies now. I'm like, fuck off, movie. I've yeah, had it's, enough. I've had every, enough. Like, every ten minutes, it's like, oh, we wrote ourselves into a corner. Alright, that happened. Figure it out! I'm like, okay. I'm sure the book is much better. I'll never read it because this too bad of a taste in my mouth now to ever give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah, this is. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I, I can't go in with a clear head and give yeah. it a fair shot. It's that water's been poisoned. Yeah, I only got a couple more here. Uh, the next one was also a uh, a well hyped Netflix release of this week. Uh, so we sat down and watched Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Oh, oh man, I was I, this close to watching. I, it last I, time. I used I the Bandersnatch to get rid of all those movies. <laughs> you laugh but uh, <laughs> my girlfriend actually thought the, the movie was like a pun on his name until she looked it up it's like oh this is a real thing <laughs> and now she's mad at me because i'm making fun of her <laughs> um so i don't know if you're familiar with this at all uh you guys and listeners um basically this is a choose your own adventure movie which is a really really cool concept that I'm really glad someone did. Now, it has the typical Black Mirror pitfalls of just being super, super heavy-handed shit. Like, what if your dog had a phone? What if your phone <laughs> had a computer? What if your what computer if your phone had was a personality? Your what if your computer's personality had a dog? Like, What if your iPhone wallet was your social security? <laughs> Oi, what if your mother was in the boot of me car? <laughs> <laughs> what if so, I was a phone mate in it? <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about this is like as like an actual movie i have truly no idea how i feel about it but as like an experience i cannot recommend it enough because it was really really neat to go through it's probably like a hair under three hours to like quote unquote do everything um i won't spoil it although like it's kind of unspoilable if you're at all familiar with how black mirror operates um i this the bad thing happens got it yeah this is this gets a recommend for sure like it's it's worth a couple hours of your time to just click around this movie especially if you're doing it like with people now i think i think this is like a great social experience because you have like 10 seconds to make your choices at the bottom of the screen it's it's always two choices you can you can make one or the other and just like sitting there and be like no no pick the other one like and it's like it's it's neat. It's a neat social experience. So but, uh, I, my biggest question here is: Do you think this is really going to catch on? And if you do think it's going to catch on, do you think that they will start doing it in theaters? Um, absolutely not. This is absolutely a novelty, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool novelty. It's hard to, I mean, because like the the whole story is like related to the fact that it's a choose your own adventure. Like, like you have the character like sort of like gain sentience about the fact that he's like, you know doesn't really have control over what's going on and stuff like that um i'm not sure how it would work with something that wasn't that but i'd have to see slash experience it first i'm really not sure okay so you said you weren't sure how you felt about it whether you like it or dislike it 
does it have a point as in does it have a message does it have any sort of intelligent Bloody commentary does it. oh no it's a, it's a black mirror <laughs> have uh, you seen a black mirror buddy i forgot you said hey, it was heavy-handed for hey a mate i'm sorry he phones the mirror mate <laughs> If you haven't uh, seen Michael. Black Mirror, watch the one where he fucks the pig and then stop. Yeah, it's a real good one. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I am in on this show for 50 episodes. And then I watched five more. I'm like, ah, it turns out I was wrong. Yeah, especially I'm, once you get to the season three. I didn't. I did not finish season three. I was it. done. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Technology's bad. Got it. Now, but my, my co-worker said he had a bunch of people over for New Year's and he was obliterated drunk so they made him do all the choices and he kept getting mad and yelling at the characters <laughs> sounds like a good time sounds like oh, like man. however it stands as an individual movie that sounds like a very good evening i i want to watch this with gabby now okay uh anyway jeez, i you know i got i got a lot of mixed opinions on it one of my friends really really like bandersnatch and the other friend like despises it and if you like it then he hates you for being like so susceptible to it i think the way that he put it is that it begins with like I don't know if it was a title screen or something that said I am Netflix from the future and he was like okay oh, fuck, fuck off <laughs> that that would be a problem yeah, yeah. that's a tough hurdle <laughs> yeah you got a pregame before you get to that okay yeah. oi Netflix from the future yeah <laughs> <laughs> from the future isn't it <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm not going to say that it's perfectly done. There's a lot of stuff that's like, all right, whatever, fine. fine. I, I like what you had to say about it, though. I think you've had, uh, what you said about it was a lot more substantive than anything I've read on it. I, well, now that Telltale Games fucking exploded, it's good to have a choose her <laughs> oh, adventure man. somewhere I can play. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I watched this week is I went back and I got to, I got to pop some buddies from Dust Till Dawn Cherry. Oh, oh my god extremely I'm happy. so happy for you well this is on Netflix and the <gasps> Netflix blurb spoils it so god damn it oh okay man. I'm gonna be tactical okay, so new, new note is just start it before they're looking yes which I had to do so the only thing that I really want to say about this movie is like so he's like making fun of Tarantino the whole time right like <laughs> like I, I in my head it was all in Wait, good didn't fun Tarantino but like this it? is actually mean this I is actually just mean to Quentin. Wait, did Tarantino write it? I thought he did. Was that a I thought he one? wrote that real early on. Oh, wait. My no. lore is all out of whack. Because I was going to di- dig deep into Tarantino this year, and then, you know. Here's, here's <laughs> it got thing. weird what real year, early. What year did uh, From Dust Till Dawn come out? Uh, 96. Yeah, okay, he has a, he has if that's the case, the then I think he was making fun of Tarantino... The, 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 it wouldn't work out because like the time doesn't uh, shake yeah, out. Yeah, I think he's know, making fun of Tarantino like, later on down the line. You watch it now, and he takes a fucking shot off Selma Hayek's foot, and it's like <laughs> this has to be like they have to. There's no way that this is just like, hey, buddy, you want to you want to go lick some uh, alcohol on a pretty lady's foot? Like, Parker, I, I think it's very clear he must have written if that if that's in there. He <laughs> wrote that camera shot in there specifically. <laughs> hey, man, thanks for letting me direct this. Go and just go hog wild on her little piggies. <laughs> <laughs> Get up in there. Oh, it was in fact written by uh, Quentin Tarantino. I, the screenplay was, yeah. 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 I, I went and dug that up. So, I guess Quentin Tarantino is just that weird. Okay. Oh, weird. I just wrote this scene where I just lick feet all day. <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if we did that? <laughs> Wouldn't it be so joke? weird if I just like sucked that off of your toes? <laughs> oh man, I sneezed <laughs> at the end of the take. Like... <laughs> Trick or treats, give me your feats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, did you watch anything else? No, that's it. All right, speaking of impressive feats, Parker, you've watched a lot. What else? Oh wait, do you have anything else? Me? No. Yeah. Oh, buddy! <laughs> Alright, let me take the floor here. Yeah. Should we pivot to the Christmas horror movies? Uh, please do. Guys, if the rest of the movie was as good as the first ten minutes of Santa's sleigh, it would be in the National <laughs> Film Registry for all time. If we could please talk about uh, my very first written review for TerribleBlog.net. I meant to go back, but I had to stay super late it's today. Okay. I meant it's to go back fair. and read that. I will tonight. <laughs> But my god, that first 10 minutes, you just cut that off, put it on a YouTube, watch it every <laughs> December. You're having a good time. The, that is the way that when I, he just I wrote, walks out of that ship. He doesn't just walk. Remember, I, I sent it to you and I said uh, he explodes out of the chimney and you wrote back to me. It's like, are you sure that's the right word you want to use? And then you watch the scene. And you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> I'll leave it in. Yeah, he, <laughs> he just erupts from the chimney. He kills a man who was in the Godfather. It's. It's one of the best openings I've ever seen in my life. The movie, which is like under 90 minutes, I almost fell asleep like an hour <laughs> yeah. in. It just, it cannot hold the speed. Yeah, there's you know a what? lot that just doesn't work. There's a lot of direct-to-DVD horror. Having that 10 minutes is more than a lot of those have. Like, you know what? You called your shot. That's there forever. That is, it's so fucking good. Like, they so have Dave This Thomas. is better than the Ginger Dead Man. Correct. <laughs> Boy. Again, apologies about that. I will say that there's one line, sort of towards the end, right around the climax, where <laughs> uh, Bill Goldberg is saying, it's like, well, according to the way that the polls act, it's actually a never-ending Christmas or something. I don't know. It's like he starts <laughs> trying to use like his fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson bullshit. It's like, I don't know. I don't know why it was funny to me. <laughs> what voice they can... <laughs> Should I talk like this? Oh, yeah, that's great, Bill. I just assume just... that's his real voice. I mean, it's closer than anything. Yeah. It's... I, I wish that movie was better, but that ten minutes will hold a special place in my heart forever. You know, it is here's the thing. so fucking good. It has a, it has a special connection to, um... Uh, what's it called? Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, in that it cast a Jewish man as Santa Claus. It sure did. <laughs> this giant fucking Jewish man just murdering people. It's Chris Kringle is... I mean, they just don't make them like they used to. Just get a giant wrestler to put on a Santa hat and just rip people apart. The 2000s were a simpler time, and we should go back. Right. Now, I watched... So it turns out Jack Frost and Jack Frost 2 are both on Amazon Prime. I could not tell you a thing that happened in Jack Frost. I watched that before Christmas, and it is just fucking gone. It has evaporated from my memory. I can tell you what I remember, and that's that I didn't fucking like it. <laughs> it's not good. But Jack Frost 2 is... Man. You think it's worse? I mean, they really try and lean into the humor. Uh, like, isn't yeah, this crazy? I mean, the one of the only notes I have is this is an uncomfortable amount of close-ups on this lady chewing on ice on this photo shoot. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're doing some photo shoot, and she is just going to town on it. It's just a close up of her face, just chewing and chewing for about fifteen seconds. 
It's rough. Wait a second, Alex. You're, I mean, Parker, you're just watching all the movies that I initially reviewed for the site. Uh, Alex, if I could uh, yes. put a point across for this movie. Uh, Jack Frost 2. It's literally called Jack Frost 2 Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman, and none of the jokes work. Like, you think, yeah, I mean, not this is putting the ball on a tee. You should be able to nail the humor here, and there is nothing funny. It's almost like a Kingsman 2 where it's like, all right, let's just lean into it now. Nothing works. Like, it's not scary, definitely. It's not funny, that's for sure. The deaths are not nearly as funny as the writers think they are. It is just bad. And they play the same, like, three stock music songs over and over. It was a very unpleasant watch. Yeah. I I think I just uh, hate the first one. You know the rule. Once you get about 40 minutes in, there's no turning back now. Gotta finish it so you can log it, baby. Uh, technically incorrect. Let me uh, sidebar real quick. I watched 30 minutes of Ravenous, the French-Canadian one. Oops. Turns out that one's a zombie movie, and the zombies have their own religion, and they worship a stacked pile of chairs. I'm over it. Yeah. Sorry, I keep going. I mean, you All lost right. me well, a zombie a movie. Got it. Yeah, sorry. Chris, it still hurts my heart that you don't love Krampus as much as I do, but that's fine. You, I've explained this a million times. I, I went know, in with the wrong I attitude. I'm, I'm ashamed. And that has become a yearly watch for me. I, I adore it so much. I adore all of the creature designs, the sound design. Just, I love it so dearly. I didn't, I I didn't even about. dislike it. I just didn't get it. I'm sorry. I have I to love, keep qualifying this. I love so, so much that they watched this movie and went, hey, do you want to make a Godzilla movie? It just warms my heart knowing that he's doing King of the Monsters next year. Oh, I'm sorry, this year. Oh, God, it's 2019. <laughs> Y'all, it's almost time for Godzilla. We oh, made I have it. to finish watching all those Godzilla movies quick. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. You got a long way to go. Yeah, there's nothing quick about it. Oh, let me see. Bird Box. Just ruined my day seeing that again. Sorry. <laughs> so, Into the Spider-Verse might have my favorite superhero team up in any movie, period. Porky like, I love... Yes. I love everyone on that team. They all serve their own purpose. Like, just... <laughs> what did I send you of, like, Nicolas Cage and a cartoon pig having to console the Japanese girl because of the loss of her spider robot? Yeah. Like, <laughs> movies are real good, you guys. Yeah. I fucking love Spider-Verse. I'm so happy I made the trip to go see it on a big screen. It's... It's something you don't see very often. I'll say that much, like... It's so visually just... It's fuck, absolutely gorgeous. It, you owe it to yourself, Chris. It, like, it is hands down my favorite animated I'm gonna, movie I'm going to try like, to see it on Monday. Close. I can't say it's my favorite Spider-Man because those Raimi movies are deep, yeah. deep in my yeah. heart. Yeah. That is hard to unsee. Those are, those are really good movies. No one's going to take that away from them. It's... But God, I smile on my face the whole time. Even when we get to the end where it's like, okay, now we're at the part where the good guys team up to stop the bad guy and you know how it ends like it's it's just so visually interesting i'm still just yeah it helps that i took a heroic hit in the car before i walked in (laughs) it was it was a powerful experience it was it's real fucking good the only thing that stopped me at first because there was a lot of things in the background that looked like they were supposed to be in 3d and that panic attack started like oh fuck am i the wrong thing am i supposed to have glasses oh fuck (laughs) oh shit but no it's it's so funny. A friend of mine I, told me I, I have to see it in 3D, so I don't know. I saw it in splurge. 3D, and I would agree. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll see I'm, it. 
we're just pushing this because, like, I guarantee you will put it on at home, and in ten minutes you'll go, motherfucker, why didn't I go see this in the theater? Yeah. Like, I just, I know it in my heart. You will immediately regret it if you wait till you're at home. All right. Even on your nice I'll TV. I'll do the best I can. It's, it's so fucking good. This utilizes 3D almost as well as the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jackass 3D, though? <laughs> The the fucking day Alamo has a screening of Jackass 3D and 3D, I'm buying an entire row of seats. Yeah. I want to see it again so badly. <sighs> Guys, you know, there's a lot of talk about is Die Hard a Christmas movie, is it not? I watched a real Die Hard movie on Christmas, and that's called Final Score. What? <sighs> yes. Alex. Oh, yes. You need to watch Final Score as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. <laughs> It is so fucking good. <laughs> Alright. So we first became acquainted with this when I came to visit you. Yeah. And that trailer was on TV and we froze like, is that Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> is that Batista? So it takes place in England. Dave Batista is the only American in the movie. So you have half the movie is soccer hooligans who talk exactly like we talked about Black Mirror in that accent. <laughs> the other half are giant Russian heavies who talk with thick Russian accents. Good. And then the middle is just Dave Batista walking around mumbling about how shitty the weather is. <laughs> it's so powerful. It's like it has it makes no attempts to pretend it's not a diehard ripoff, and I appreciate it. I cannot confirm, but I'm almost certain they just lift lines word for word from it. They copy beats. He throws a corpse off the roof to like alert people. He writes. He listens in on the radio and writes their names on his arm and all that. But y'all, the action scenes are so powerful. Yes. There's a kitchen fight scene where Batista cuts a man's fingers off, and his fingers and knife go into the deep fryer. Said man overpowers Batista, shoves him face first on an open grill, leaving him no choice but to reach into said fryer, grab the knife shove it into the guy's throat, and then shove the guy's face in the deep fryer. <laughs> it is so good. There's a motorcycle chase in the stadium that leads them into racing on the roof of the stadium. <laughs> yes. It looks like I might go to work tonight. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan shows up for like 10 minutes and delivers a monologue about how when he was a kid, his dad tied up his favorite chicken so a fox would eat it so he could use it as bait. And that's what's supposed to teach him about sacrifice. <laughs> His favorite it's, chicken. It's so fucking good, dude. You, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> I guarantee you will have a fantastic time with it. Oh, I sure will. Like, as far as, like, B-movies go, like, it's it's going to be a very high bar to clear. It's so fucking good. I had a fantastic time. Speaking of a fantastic time. How the fuck did Venom come out in 2018? <laughs> <laughs> it is the most 2004-ass movie I've ever fucking seen. It's so... <sighs> Alex, what is his accent? I, I don't want to know. I cannot place it to this day. You, I you do know what? Understand. I, I think I can place it. It's his accent from the fucking <laughs> Revenant. <laughs> oh. oh my... Man. Holy shit. Yeah. Remember how I walked out of this movie and I was like, maybe Tom Hardy just sucks and makes really good choices? <laughs> I might double down on that. The idea of him talking to a fucking alien goo about getting furs is real good to me. <laughs> Chris did not agree with my take about how much I fucking hate The Revenant, but that's fine. Whoa, whoa. I, 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 
okay it's okay to dislike a movie it's fine it's whatever it's I'm, okay i was really glad i saw that on a big screen because i would have fallen asleep same 20 minutes in at home oh yeah hell probably. yeah yeah okay yeah, i kind of i, I kind of like the revenant but i i think i'm totally on board that tom hardy was a lot better than leonardo about, dicaprio oh yeah, I, I, mean, I, yeah. I didn't i didn't dislike the revenant that movie yeah. is stunning to look at but it is stunning but also about eight hours too long yeah, yeah. and then it won best picture i was like wait what that movie really <laughs> I digress. So, it's not often you see a movie that just does not have a second act. <laughs> you get a bunch of character build up, then he gets the goo and learns how to fight with the goo. And then you just get your third act battle, and you're like, what the fuck? It, it's over. This It says it's two hours long, and you pause it, and at the 90 minute mark, the credits are rolling. Oh. <laughs> it's the most confusing thing on the fucking planet. <laughs> I don't understand. But you stayed for so the mid credit scene, right? Oh my god. The fucking wig that they put on Woody Harrelson. <laughs> that raggedy and ass fucking thing is so fucking embarrassing. But you know, this movie only made like $600 million, so hopefully they can touch it up in the sequel that we can't escape. It is some of the worst CGI. Like, the, the entire, like, last hour fight. is CGI, and it looks like a fucking PS3 game. It's, it's so fucking good. Like, Venom's a tough one, because it is not a good movie. But I had a fantastic time yeah. watching it. That's That should have been my answer when we were talking before we recorded. Like, it is a bad movie. It is. But within the next week, I will find a friend who's not seen it. I will bring alcohol and I will be watching it again. I can it is almost awful guarantee it. in all of the best ways. I, I'm sorry, I still have to watch it. I have a friend at work who keeps insisting that it's in his top ten of the year. What the fuck? I, he is. Did he hardcore. only see nine movies this year? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> who knows? Maybe he also actually had a very interesting take on Aquaman. He said that he listened to our Aquaman episode. He was he's on board with everything he said. He's like, wait, what if this movie? What if they instead of doing what they did? What if they had just made it like really campy and stupid and bad on purpose and just like had fun uh, with it or something? I was like, you know what? That's probably the missing element. Having fun yeah. with a the movie. There's yeah. no fun to be had with Aquaman. Call me Ocean Master. Like, they say call that, me like, by your name, and I shall call you Ocean Master. Says the man with a top knot. <laughs> I'm going to dress like Aquaman dressed like the first hour of that movie, just from now on. Just assume you always dress like that. You're not wrong. It's just like the whole end of Venom is just a big goo monster fight, and you can't see a goddamn thing, and it looks like it. they didn't finish rendering it, but they had to ship it to China as is. Apparently it worked. Good for them. But, uh, everyone should just watch Upgrade instead. Please, everyone watch Upgrade. It's so fucking good. Let me see here. Okay, I'll just do this last thing, and then we can fucking move on with our lives. Let's go. Okay, so, back in October, I watched the thing from the Into the Dark series on Hulu, where they're making uh, horror anthologies for every holiday. I will run through this one. The Thanksgiving one was very disappointing to me. Like, it's not bad, but... Can any of you think of a Thanksgiving horror movie that's not Thanksgiving? Uh, nope. Uh, I, don't I don't think I have anything. Yeah. It's it could take this movie could take place any day of the week, and so it's a real bummer. Like, oh, you you could have been the one, and then you did nothing with it. And then I saw the director was the guy who directed Dracula two thousand, Dracula two, <laughs> Dracula three, My Bloody Valentine three D, and Drive Angry in three D. It's like you know what? Maybe this is actually good. Now, the one I watched after that was the one I was excited for. It's called Puka. 
which is Nacho Vigalondo's first movie since Colossal. Which a movie I'm pretty sure my friend Chris likes a fair deal. I love Colossal. I think it's the best kaiju movie ever made. I love Puka a lot. It is very fun. So Puka is this hot new toy that all the kids have to have. And this guy signs up to be their mascot because he needs an acting job like desperately. He's like, all right, put this shit on. And that's when the hallucinations start. And it just goes from there. Shit just gets out of whack. He keeps losing track of time. Start finding bodies places. You know, the usual. I mean, it's not the same type of movie as Colossal because Colossal had like an important message and metaphor and this is a silly Christmas-themed horror movie. But I had a fantastic time with it. And, uh... Yeah, that'll do it. That's... I'm so tired of talking. (laughs) Okay, we don't have a tremendous amount of time here. There is a hard out for Alex, so uh, I guess we have to do the playoff stuff? Yeah. And we can uh, can go ahead, unless you guys want to do any assignments from your remaining time pools. The uh, regular season game of games is now concluded. You have whatever resources you had left in terms of, like, time pools and stuff to assign out. Uh, Parker, I decided to be very, very nice to you and lie about the amount of drinks that I consumed on Sunday because I did not sleep the night before. And the game ended. We went to a bar. I had one, realized I was tired, and went home and fell asleep by 9 p.m. So, so let's just yeah, say what that... What can you do? Yeah, you're, you're not getting stuck with, uh... You're not getting stuck with the seven hours for Browns times 28 that you wagered. I'm no coward. Thinking. Look, I wasn't gonna go, I don't know, like six or seven for the last week of the season. NASA. Uh, you weren't, you weren't wrong. The, the only the only missing calculus there was the fact that I had to work the night before and was dead fucking tired the whole day. Look, I don't regret it. <laughs> I would do it again. Yeah, if, if you guys want to do any assignments, um, whether you want to do that before or after we set up the wild card game, you can do your thing. I'm not going to assign Parker anything. Alex, I will assign you something. Yes, the New England Tackle Football Patriots of New England, America, went 11-5, and five, which means I get to assign you one season of any TV show. I'm choosing season one of Beyblade. Oh, thank you so much. Let it rip, dude. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited. 51 episodes of this. <laughs> and the important thing here is I didn't want to be too me. I wasn't going to do Hee Haw because you just wouldn't watch it. But... <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're goddamn right I wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, Beyblade. I've... You should wake thing. up tomorrow and the Discord would be deleted. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing about Beyblade. I have only ever seen one episode from it, the first episode. And I've seen that one episode of it about ten times because it was so funny to me. Uh, my only That's experience... not the swerve I was expecting. Yeah. My only experience with Beyblade is the one time that one of the kids in my neighborhood got a bunch of those fucking tops when nobody had seen the show yet. We're like, oh, this is cool. And I pulled the thing once and it fucking went off the curb into the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Beyblade story. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Chris, do you see that? Chris, you found the golden ticket. Oh. oh. Alright. Welcome to the jungle? Welcome to the Black Parade. No, Chris. <laughs> Welcome to Marwin. <laughs> On Alex's dime, it does not have to be this week. It might not be in theaters next week, but you know, on your own time. I I would prefer you see Spider-Man first. It's 
for your own personal health. It's great because my dad was talking about how much it looked like it sucked. I'm gonna have to tell oh him. Oh my god, please take your dad and record it. Never mind. Actually, I do have one assignment from you, but this is not from me. My dad brought me home. He was oh like, god. "Chris, look at this. Chris, look at me. Chris." Pulls out his Amazon Prime, goes to the Amazon Fire Stick thing. He's like, "Make your friend watch this." I was just like, oh god. "Oh god, please don't have any racism." It is a movie simply called The Jazz Singer. No, <laughs> simply <laughs> called Sorceress. And oh fuck me, app- that sounds. Apparently, um, my my dad watched it with his friends, and they had a really really good time laughing at the movie, and they got kicked out for laughing too hard at Sorceress. Man, there are I don't even know what yours came out. Of sorceress on yeah, ID. I'm gonna need to know which gonna... sorceress this is. All right, let me uh, look this up. Let's see if I can spell this correctly. I think it's gonna be the 1982 version. No, probably the 1982 version. Let's see. Reception. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. Oh, is this a Roger Corbin movie? Yeah. Okay, the 1982 version, uh, produced by Roger Corbin. Oh man, he this guy directed a lot of black exploitation. This is gonna be yes, powerful. He did. That says coffee and Foxy Brown. Roger Paul, oh, that's a poggers. <laughs> yeah. That's this is gonna be powerful. Alright, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I feel like giving you. Even that's a bit much for me. Okay, let's uh let's start let's it off. Get, we have to get going. I'll, uh, I haven't heard yeah. of a single person in this movie. Jesus Christ. So I'll go right. ahead and uh, explain this if you guys want to pull open the, the spreadsheet I have conveniently provided for both of you that has all the lines in it. Yep. Um, so what we're doing, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, is uh, we're going to be betting time on, uh, on all the playoff games. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the Super Bowl, we're going to look at what's left in our time pool, and we're going to be able to dole that out however we want to our good friends. Uh, so we've got a uh, document here with uh, all of the, a- as of right now at 10 p.m. on January 1st, this is what the lines are at for, uh, with, you know, we've got the spreads, the money lines, the over-unders. The rules are you have to bet, you have to make at least one bet on every game of at least 30 minutes of time. And that's it for rules, really. Um, you can... If you if you wanted for whatever reason to put like eight and a half hours on one of these games this week, you could do that. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you would want to do that on these fucking dog shit games, but you have the option. Uh, each of us is going to have three lifelines. Each of these lifelines is going to be able to be used one time. Would one of you guys like to read out the lifelines? I would. Uh, <laughs> we have first up on this list. We have. Uh... Well, actually, which means that the player <laughs> must flip their bet to the opposite of whatever it is that they said. <laughs> it's a good thing we only get to use these once a week. We also have the grinder, which uh, doubles any player's wager that uh, if someone's not feeling confident, use the grinder. <laughs> and then we have, rest in peace, ladies and gentlemen, the triple stake stack, which gives you a three oh, times God. reward multiplier. <laughs> God. And uh, one other thing for these first two rounds, uh, we're going to be each picking a lock of the week. Uh, when you lock something in as your lock of the week, you get a double reward multiplier and no lifelines can be played on it. So that one bet is going to be safe. So if you're really confident and you fuck up, everyone gets to make fun of you. Oh, which is the worst because <laughs> we know what we are. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I haven't known y'all for a while, so you don't know like my deep personal insecurities <laughs> to throw in my face when I choose the <laughs> Anyway, It's fine. Whatever. 
All right. Yeah, let's get going. Dudfeld. All right. I will go first for this one. Uh, we're going to go in order for each mm-hmm. one because, you yeah. know, I told you how the, the lifelines are going to yes. work and stuff. Okay. Um, so I will go first. We're going to start with the Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Houston is favored by one and a half points. This is the third time they've played this year. The Colts won in Houston two weeks ago. I am going to take over 47.5 on this game, and I am going to wager 60 minutes. Okay. I think you're next. Yeah, uh, I am going to wager two hours on the over of 47.5. Two hours on the over. Okay. Yeah. He took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Same thing. I refuse to like pick Houston outright when I could be starting on their offensive line. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you seriously, really the worst offensive line in the playoffs. I couldn't pass a fucking physical, and yet I could get out there, coach. <laughs> Put me in, coach. All All I know about this game is that whoever's up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter is going to be up one point in about five minutes from there. So <laughs> I'm just going to take the points. I <laughs> think it's a lot of points. Smart man. Um, would Can anyone you... like to lock this one in? No. Nah. Got designs on another one. Okay. Oh, no, if I'm going to use a lock, it's going to be something I can truly feel embarrassed about. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to play conservatively. <laughs> okay. Uh, Seattle versus Dallas. Yeah, speaking of embarrassments, the Seattle Seahawks oh, at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Chris, you can go first in this one. Okay, I'd like to take Dallas outright and make it my lock. Dallas outright? Um... How much would you like to wager on that? Sorry, two hours. I forgot. <laughs> two hours? Okay. You're fucking high. <laughs> um, I'll take Seattle. The points. Two hours. Two Make hours on Seattle? All right. All right. On Seattle. If there's one thing I will yeah. not put my faith in, it's playoff Jason Beard. <laughs> not the in this clapper. fucking lifetime. <laughs> well, actually, Parker, you will be. <laughs> that was an early use. <laughs> I'm only going to get one time to use it against the Cowboys. I'm going to save exactly. mine for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew how this was going to end. <laughs> Two hours on Dallas. All right, oh, you can, and Chris together on this one. Can he well actually himself? No, no. no. Once, once a lifeline has been used on a bet, that's all the lifelines that could be used there. I mean, in this moment, I regret taking the spread and not the outright. But here we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am gonna go ahead and take Seattle outright. One hour. Let's. I have one hour plus one hundred. I've already forgotten. What's the total pool? I know Eight hours. Ten, ten, ten hours. Ten hours. Ten hours. hours. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I forgot to write it down. Yeah. Be. No, you're good. You're good. All right. The San Diego Chargers at the Baltimore Ravens. False. Ravens, Los Angeles Chargers. Like I said, the San Diego Chargers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't appropriate my culture, Christopher. Okay. Parker, you're going first with this one. There is absolutely no way the Chargers will find a way to melt down in the playoffs. <laughs> Give me that sweet, sweet money line for three hours. Why not? Chargers money line three hours? Yeah. Why uh, not? When have they ever looked like a good team, made it to the playoffs, and then missed three field goals against Mark Sanchez? Well, locking that one in, buddy? Or you want to save the lock for the last game? 
Look, we we all know we're saving the lock for the last game. <laughs> all right, I'm going with. Don't shit a shitter. I'm going with. Uh, I'm going to have to take the over for three hours. The over for three hours. Over forty one and a half. Yeah. Three hours. Over. Forty one and a half. That is not. That is a very low over under. Yeah. I will be joining Parker on the Chargers. Give me that money line for two hours. The Ravens are going to fuck this up. I am positive of it. I'm not taking that bait, gamer. (laughs) Okay. And lastly, we come to the Philadelphia Eagles at the Chicago Bears. The Bears are five and a half point favorites. I will go first. I am wagering four hours on the Philadelphia money line, and I am locking it in. (laughs) Okay, uh, I'm taking the over three hours. Three hours on the over. (laughs) Spread the whole pool out there this week. I really want to. I'm almost autistic about it. I think Parker's going to do the same. (laughs) I mean, it's just what I have. Uh, Is it guaranteed that it's going to be fucking bruised rib Nick Foles? Yes. Foles is playing. Yeah, go and give me that spread with the last three hours I have. Yeah. Last three hours, you locking that one in? You know what? Fuck yes. Let's do this. I will not put my faith in playoff Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Mitchell the Bitchell. He's going to throw... He's either going to somehow throw six touchdowns or four interceptions. It's going to be real good. Alright, so to uh, to recap this... Um, I am uh, I am on the Indianapolis-Houston over, the Seattle money line, the Chargers money line, and the Philadelphia money line. Chris is on the over for Indy-Houston, Chargers-Ravens, and Philly-Chicago, and has locked in the Dallas Cowboys on the money line. And... Uh, bold move. <laughs> yeah. And Parker has uh, the over on Indianapolis-Houston... Uh, he also has Dallas minus 1.5. <laughs> it's weird how that works. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Chargers money line and Philadelphia plus 5.5. Um, yeah, if, if somebody's pool manages to go down to zero, that could happen at any point, including this week. There will be a way to get back in the game, which we will revisit in the future. Boy, I sure did completely forget that it doesn't start at 10 every week. <laughs> well, just, man, whatever. I wasn't going to go over like an hour on any of these bets except the last one, but you guys started doing it. I'm like, well, fuck, peer pressure. I mean, we have to go in, you know? Sometimes. You just I'm not here to play it. conservatively. Times 28, baby. Times 28. <laughs> in it to win it. Evens till I fucking die. <laughs> Tattoo it on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Pick a number of you twenty two. <laughs> you sure you don't want a three or a two? <laughs> One of these days he's gonna say pick a number between three and five, I'm gonna say two, and just scream at him until he accepts it. <laughs> Fine, I guess you're watching all three of these movies. Two. Pick a number between no, three I'm and five. watching all even two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Check your calculus, bro. I said evens. 
roll again. All right. Now, we still have to decide what we're going to watch next week. And, uh, oh, yeah, Parker, fine. the more I think about it, the more I dread your latest suggestion. But it's probably the best one we have. And, Alex, it's it's so bad. You, I'm going to give you a caveat. You don't have to watch it. Uh, you will just join us for just listening to us bitch about it and adding laughter and jokes and then doing the game games after. We're thinking about starting off the year with a bang from Batman and Harley Quinn. You know, last year, I remember it being New Year's Eve, and I'm sitting alone in my room watching Bright for this podcast. I'm like, you know what? I'm sure this year will turn around. <laughs> and then it didn't. So why not repeat and not learn from the mistakes of my past? Let's watch Harley Quinn fart like four times to start my fucking year. Forgot about that. How? There is a lot in there that made me a lot madder, but that oh, that one was bad too. Well, it's not like you just got the box set of the show and it's near and dear to your heart or anything. It's not like it's like my favorite show ever or anything like that. It's not like there's a musical sequence in the thing that they play straight. It's not like... Cool, 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 cool. Wait, I think I sent you like the video of like the only thing I liked in it, right? Yeah, I did. I, I guarantee if you sent me a video, I did not finish it because I knew this day would come, and here we are. Yeah, there is there is one part in the entire thing that I actually liked, and I record myself laughing hysterically. Everything else in there is awful. Didn't wait? Didn't you send me a video of it? I'm asking you a video I made for you. Oh, please show it to me again. <laughs> I will I will dig to my desktop later and find Thank it. God. <laughs> it's my pride and joy. <laughs> All right. In that case, uh, we will see you guys next week with Batman and Harley Quinn. I'm not putting <laughs> that Birds. song as the ending song here. <laughs> Put a song from Ravenous. <laughs> <laughs> and then cut to Joel talking. I'm going to... I'm gonna oh, enjoy. my God. I'm going to... Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully, guys, I don't know if I'll have to cut this or not, but I'm going to try to get our good friend Joel... To talk about Sherlock and Watson. Alright, this is Loaf reporting to you on Holmes and Watson, which had 4% on Rotten Tomatoes at the time I saw it, and I thought, no, it can't possibly be that bad. Critics just hate Will Ferrell comedies. Surely it will be great. Oh, I was wrong. It felt like the movie tried way too hard to get laughs. All of the jokes basically alternated between completely absurd, but not in that good Tim and Eric type way to a premise that could have been funny if they didn't take it eight steps too far, to the wink wink we're so clever putting this 2018 reference in a movie set in the early 1900s jokes. I also fell asleep during the last 10 minutes for reference and I don't remember the last time I've ever fallen asleep during a movie. Probably the worst joke that was a mixture of these was probably like two minutes of uh so the setup is there's an American doctor who's a woman, which I'm sure you saw in the previews. Oh, a woman doctor, how, oh, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they're in the park with Holmes and Watson, and the American says, oh, you know, I don't think I could ever live in a country without a democratically elected ruler. Uh, and the next line is Holmes saying, you know, what could possibly go wrong? You know, it would prevent a tyrant who isn't popularly elected from taking office, just making a mess of things. And then Watson interjects with, yes, and you might even be able to elect someone who is good at business or is a darling of the media. You know, they're obviously talking about Donald Trump. And about a minute later after all of this, the one says, and surely if the popular vote gets it wrong, that's why we have the Electoral College. I'm pretty sure none of them winked at the camera after that, but they might as well should have. And that's that joke is the movie in a nutshell. Now, on its face, there's some jokes and situations that could actually be funny. 
but it either interjects a really poorly timed fart joke, or just makes the gag go on for way too long for it to actually be funny and strike a comedic nerve. I mean, to be fair, the opening sequence was a title card with a faux inspirational quote on it, and immediately they add the tag, Dash Hannah Montana, to the end of it. So I kind of knew from the beginning what the humor level was going to be like. There's a couple funny moments, so it's not completely horrible. Um, there was that scene from the trailer where he ends up shattering the beehive, and I thought the calculations that he puts into it were kind of funny. Um, there's another similar scene like that, but I think was executed a little bit better where he's gonna fight some guy and he does a similar thing where it's like, oh, if I throw the pipe in the air and then he goes to grab it and my punch angle on his jaw. You know, he goes through all that and then he throws the pipe at the guy, it falls on the ground and the dude beats his ass. Um, that was pretty funny. Uh, then there's a dream sequence with John C. Riley where he's playing strip poker with said American Doctor from before. And... There's just a really well-timed, her face turns into Will Ferrell screaming at him gag that actually made me laugh. Um, so I guess it got more laughs than the Emoji Movie did, so that's, you know, saying a lot. Um, there are also a few really random cameos in this movie. So Michael Buffer shows up to yell, Let's get ready to scuffle! Before Will Ferrell uh, tries to fight the guy and gets his butt kicked. Billy Zane shows up in just a random British old-timey outfit, and literally all they say is, Oh, look, it's Billy Zane! Um, and then Hugh Laurie makes an appearance as Holmes' brother, who, despite Hugh Laurie being British and Holmes' brother also being British in the story, uses his American accent from House. Uh, so that tells you that that was really well planned out. But yeah, it's a mess. I would not recommend seeing it. It deserves probably lower than its 9% of Rotten Tomatoes. I was completely shocked that the theater was full and that people actually laughed at the jokes, but, you know, this is American 2018, so I'm really glad I got to end the year by watching a movie that my good dads, Chris and Parker, refused to watch. So, thank you and good night. <laughs>